This is Kathleen McGee, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast, my favorite podcast. It's the best podcast. Now you can see where your favorite comics are performing and search for upcoming special shows at yuckyucks.com. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is going on, my little yuckamaniacs? Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mr. Jake Hirsch. Thank you for joining me. I'm sitting here in studio watching uh, Brazil celebrating Carnival. Uh, it says, <laughs> the headline says, in full despite of Zika. The Zika virus, of course, which is rampaging its way throughout uh, South America and a lot of Latin American countries, actually. Uh, crazy. It's just funny that they've put this title up on the up on the TV. CNN is crazy. CNN is 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 legitimately freaking crazy. What a crazy news channel! Like I, I I was just sitting in here the other day and I was just thinking to myself. And, and oftentimes I'll, you know, just sit there and, and I have the TV in studio and I've got, uh, you know, just whatever playing in the background, usually CNN. And from time to time, I'll sit there and I'll look up at the uh, at the stories that they're putting on and what they consider to be breaking news, you know, breaking news. And they have, you know, someone come on and, and it's, you know, nothing that you would, you know, consider to be breaking news. Right. Uh, just something completely, uh, crazy. Uh, and yeah, this is just, it's such a carnival. Speaking of carnival, uh, it is, a it, it's, it's a fucking clown show is what this is. Uh, just have, they've taken the notion of what news is and just completely twisted it apart. I remember, uh, when it used to be some type of a, you know, uh, classy thing almost like uh, you know they make fun of it they parody it and uh of course uh, ron burgundy anchorman but uh but it's very true it's very true you know you know news guys were looked at back in the day with a lot of you know reverence and 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 respect and uh you know admiration these were the people that were out there you know bringing us uh at dinner time what's happening in the world so you know you had these trusted newsmen like cronkite and uh you know, Peter Jennings and, and, uh, David Brokaw and, you know, all these just characters and personalities. And now if you look at it, it has just, it has, you know, the train has left the tracks as they say, uh, in the old country, the train, <laughs> the train has left the tracks. Uh, yeah, that horse has left the barn. CNN is about as reputable as, uh, the onion. Anyway, I digress. My apologies. Welcome to the show. I got to be careful because when, when I've been podcasting lately, I've been looking at the TV set, watching shit going on. And then, you know, of course, you guys end up being the recipient of that. Uh, not what's going to happen the entire episode. Hey, what did you guys think of the last week's episode? I thought it was it was great. It was a great show. It's good to have a little bit of a different guest on, not just the, you know, Canadian comedian, although that's what we're here for. We're here for you because we love you, because we want to see you hit the prime time. And I can say uh, selfishly, um, uh, I knew that person. Yeah, we were we were good buddies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who? No, Hunter Collins? Oh, 
me and Hunter are bros. We're bros. Richard Glenlett? I always knew he was going to make it. Are you kidding me? Me and Richard are fucking tight. Anyway, yes, my hope is that one of you becomes crazy famous and uh, and says, you know what? I could really use a good podcast partner. I'm bringing Jake in from the minor leagues. We're calling him up. 41-year-old call-up. We're bringing him up, folks. He's got a good fastball. He's got a good radio voice. You know what it's going to be? I'm going to be that that the, that homeless black guy uh, in, in down in the States who, when they pulled up uh, for a pocket change, he would give them a nice little... Wax Stacks, best on racks, coming at you live here at 99.5. You're listening to KTLA, The Morning Zoo. Yeah, no, so this guy would do like a radio jingle voice in the morning or, you know, sports or, you know, whatever it would be. And, uh, uh, you know, people would give him change on the side. That's what I'm going to – anyway, that's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to be the man with the golden voice – uh, Ted Bell and uh, on the side of the freeway collecting change, uh, throw some uh, throw some loonies in my pocket, and I'll 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 do up your voicemail. I'll do up a nice little jingle for you. How does that sound? All right. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. I don't know if I'm coming or going right now. I had a really shitty week, to be honest with you guys. Uh, just I don't know, man. I don't know if it's like seasonal depression. I don't know if it's uh, I smell spring coming, so I go into this weird hibernation mode. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. For the past week, I've just been down in the dumps. I've been sad. I've been a little moody. Been, uh, you know, hard to be around, I guess you could say. Anyway, my apologies to everyone who's felt the wrath of me in the last week. It's uh, not often, but uh, I, I, yeah, just off week. I don't know what the hell is going on. But anyway, I ended up doing a marathon podcast. And once in a while, uh, my good old executive producer, Kira Williams, will throw me to the wolves and say... We're going to do a three-hour podcast back-to-back, uh, -back, and, uh, and we're going to march them in. We're going to march them in like you are doing press junkets in L.A., and you're just you're getting one act to the next. Uh, so I sat down with three gentlemen all separately, and I'll tell you right now, all three interviews were absolutely fantastic. Uh, all three guests were just absolutely amazing, and we were able to really – you know, uh, not ask a lot of the same questions and talk about the same stuff. Um, but uh, we were really able to sit down and, and talk about uh, unique things that were very important to each comedian. And uh, the first comedian that uh, I'm going to release the interviews of, this is part one of three, technically, because this all happened in one afternoon. But um, they're all going to be separate episodes. Today being Ian Sirota. Okay, today is going to be part one of the marathon podcasts that I did with Ian Sirota and a uh, fantastic interview. Now, when I met Ian, I, I don't know why I had something else envisioned in my head. I, I don't know. I, I pictured someone who was like 19 or something like that for some crazy reason. And, uh, but I, I sat down with Ian and I realized that we were, we were very close uh, in terms of, of things in our life that, that, you know, really that we're passionate about. Uh, you know, kids and, and family and career and following your dream and, and all those types of things. And Ian's is just an amazing example of that, uh, of, of someone who was, uh, you know, has just, he's followed through, man. He's done the work. He's, he's, he's a very hard, hard working guy. 
and uh, you know, he seems very dedicated to his craft and, and he seems like, uh, you know, he's really hitting everything on all levels as far as being a father and just, you know, being an all around great guy and a great performer. Um, so I get to sit down with him and we get to, you know, chew the fat about uh, all those things and all those things that are important to him. And it's a fantastic interview. And I, I, uh, I had a really great time. It was a very pleasantly surprised, uh, with Ian. And, uh, we talked, I, you know, we could have gone probably a full hour without even skipping a beat, but uh, I was running late that day. And, uh, so we, I think we managed to get about 30 minutes and about a good solid half hour. And, uh, so I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, we got tons of new uh, podcasts lined up. Uh, again, this is uh, one of three that I did in one day. And uh, the first one, of course, being Ian Sirota. But uh, we've got so many great episodes coming up. Um, really looking forward to hearing back from from uh, the people out there that are listening. And, and to the ones that have been writing in, hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate the kind words. Uh, you know, we do our best to, to try to put together a great podcast show here and it, it wouldn't be anything without, of course, uh, the help of the crew back home on the mothership executive, uh, producer Kira Williams, of course, our web master, uh, Camille Sorovi, and, uh, of course, uh, all the gang back there at Yuck Yuck's headquarters. Thank you. And on behalf of, of, of them and, and myself, thank you for, for the great compliments. I've been getting uh, some fantastic emails from, from listeners saying that they've really enjoyed the show. So thank you so much for that. Uh, hey, folks, uh, stick around. Ian Sirota is coming on right now. Enjoying your stay in Calgary? How often do you come out here? I come here like every two or three years. Uh, I am enjoying my stay. This is the end of my tour. I am uh, was in Vancouver, then I went to Powell River, then I went to Edmonton. I'm not bragging about Edmonton. <laughs> and now I'm in Calgary, and I have uh, some family out here, so it's nice to visit and do a little stand-up. Yeah, get to visit some family too, which is always good. It, well, yeah, I mean, depending on who you ask. <laughs> who you visit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, so uh, are, do you come from a pretty big uh, family or no? No, my family itself is small. This is my wife's family. So oh, okay. This is so complete uh, obligation going on here. <laughs> complete obligation. I'm going to There's Boston no Pizza to... after this. You oh, think okay. I would so... <laughs> actually make that choice? <laughs> You're going for the highbrow. That's right. The, the, the highbrow meals. Um, wow, man. So, so how often are you on the road? What, what's, what's your schedule I, like? Usually what's... every weekend every somewhere. Weekend. I mean, the great thing about... Uh, Yucks in Ontario is there's a lot of gigs in southern Ontario right. or nor- even northern Ontario where you could drive there and then get back. Yeah. And spend time with your family after. Oh, so. shit. Yeah, I know it's it's for like the western comedians. It doesn't seem to be as many opportunities. No. Out here as far as like condensed amount of rooms in one city. It seems to be spread out quite a bit. Yeah, well, I guess the population itself yeah. is spread out more here where for sure. you know, a majority of the population is in southern Ontario. Right, right. Tell me a bit about uh, how you got into comedy, man. Um, well, I uh, lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> one of those, uh, uh, one of those uh, with like your buddies or something. Or? No, true. True story is that um, I was, uh, I was, I was dreading you to ask that question. Actually, that's like the question that everyone <laughs> always the asks. First one right off the bat, <laughs> like immediately. I was, I was hoping for, for more from you, to be honest. <laughs> You took all my good questions last Saturday. Okay, uh, this is how it happened. I I, uh, I lost my job. 
I was uh, working as a, a reporter in a newspaper, mm -hmm. and I had a girlfriend. We went to go see a comedy show, and I right. was like, I, I think I'm funnier than that person I saw. And, she's, and my girlfriend was like, why don't you try stand-up? And I tried stand-up. And at the time, uh, the, it was the Comedy Works in Montreal. It was owned by uh, a guy named Jimbo and right. John Oakley, who's now a radio ho a show host. I've heard at, that name somewhere. At AM640. Very, very funny, intelligent man. Right. And uh, I had a great set, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, he told me to get into the biz. And, really? Uh, yeah. And since I was an uh, Anglophone in Montreal with no chance of a job, I figured, why not? You know? <laughs> it seemed like the... Uh... The, uh, the the most common sense to segue into that line of work. Well, I had nowhere to go. <laughs> I was like Richard Gere. <laughs> oh man! But did you did you always feel that comedy bug growing up? Did you did, did you always? No, not really. No, like I was always kind of a smart ass and everything, but that was like part of my neighborhood and you know, kind of a Montrealer kind of thing. But right. uh, no, I didn't think I'd be a comedian. I kind yeah. of stumbled into. it. What happened to that girlfriend? Is, uh, she, actually, it's kind of what? funny because uh, it didn't work out between us. And uh, uh, she married a guy named Mr. Happy. Mr. Happy? Yeah, that was his did, actual name. His last name. Mr. And it was her former stepbrother. What? Yes, bro. Holy shit. That's right. That's something real. And they moved to the States because I guess if you were going to marry family, you, you have to live it. in the United States. <laughs> We only accept the uh, seedy underbelly of incest and uh, inter <laughs> intermingling marriage. So she married her former stepbrother. Yeah, I think they were stepbrother and stepsister for like five years. Did you have any parting words for her? Like, I hope you're happy. No, because happy. it ended like, it was kind of my fault yeah. that it ended. And uh, I th called the dude the snake in the grass kind of thing. Because yeah, yeah, he'd always been lying, around. Right? He was, yeah. 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 And, uh, but... Uh, I always loved her, and uh, yeah. I wanted the best for her. If that's what made her happy, that's then good. that's good. That's, yeah, that makes me feel better now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, have sex with your brother. <laughs> I'm all behind yes. it. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, sweetheart. Oh, my God, man. Or, or, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture off into some uncharted territories here, but have you found that being in comedy has... Is it difficult on relationships? Uh, have you found... Yes. It is. Yeah. I would say yes, but I'm one of the exceptions where I have kids and I'm married mm -hmm. and I've been married for a while. And uh, sometimes my wife doesn't understand what I do. Like right. she thinks I'm on vacation right now. But you're out there just having a blast. I mean, I am. Sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, I am, you know, I'm literally, I should be drinking right now. But uh, I, um, it's hard too, right? There are sure. It's, it's, it's not an easy job either, so it's the road, right? Do you feel like when you're out though that it it, it, it it's kind of gives you a you know, time away from? Is it is it a? And I'm I'm not trying to allude to that. Oh, it's a good thing for you to be out on the road. But there's also a lot of people that I know that have relationships, marriages, and stuff like that, where one person does travel a lot. And it does almost make it easier on the relationship a little bit. I mean, if you're gone, you can't. You know, if you're always there, you can never be missed, right? Maybe. Maybe there's something true exactly. to that. I definitely know that uh, my wife uh, misses me mm -hmm. and my family as well. It's nice to leave and come back. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything finer in the world than uh, seeing your wife and children at the airport when yeah. you come home. That's probably like one of the best feelings. That's a dynamite world. feeling to it walk off dynamite. the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking hate going yeah. to airports where I walk off and I don't know anybody. Yeah. Well, usually I want to hug the family next to them, but. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, they're hot, that family. But. <laughs> 
No, I uh, I love coming off the plane, and uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday coming off the plane, seeing yeah. my kids and uh, my wife, and uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, and then she will immediately say goodbye and leave them with me for like <laughs> five days <laughs> to make up for the crap I for put through for the last three weeks. <laughs> You know, one of the big things that comedians always uh, always say when I interview them is that uh, uh, it, it, life in comedy also provides them a really good opportunity to see the country a little bit that they don't normally get to see. I agree. They I have seen this country five, six times, maybe. Oh, I've been doing this a long time, yeah. yeah. And uh, the people in Canada are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I just love everybody everywhere except uh, Moose Jaw. What? And, uh, <laughs> What's up with Moose Jaw? I've never been I never, there. I never liked you it. You never got a good, good vibe off no, of no, that place. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm teasing. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, no, I people are great. It's And really, it's what you make out of it. I mean, like, right. a lot of comedians are shut-ins, so they will, like, they'll stay in their room the whole time. But I do yeah. like to go for walks and see... Uh, yeah, I was going to say country. that, too, because there's a lot of people that have very interesting, um, uh, I wouldn't say habits, but uh, and I wouldn't even go as far to say superstitions, but there, there's, it's kind of like a baseball, you know, it's like a football player, baseball, like there's, there's certain, there's certain things, traditions, kind of things. That they, yeah. I do, I have like super, like I have a lucky underwear and I have no like, way. Yeah. And then I have a, I have a shirt that I had a horrible show and I will probably never wear, never that, wear that again, wear that shirt again. No way. Yeah, because so there, I have some like seven thousand shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some comedians whose ritual is to uh, you masturbate, know, <laughs> smoke tons of pot, masturbate, right. and hang out in the condo till about eleven, and then realize they missed the show. But no, there's that, a lot of there's a lot of people that you know they like to go get a workout in. They like to try to stay as healthy. I do. I used to do that. I used to. I was. I've been sick for the last two weeks of my tour. So, but I normally, I do try to get a workout in. Do you? I like to go for a walk. I like to have my coffee at X amount of time, not too late, not too early. Right. I'm not a napper, but I know most comics naps, nap before they like shows. They before the show. They yeah. do like to nap. But uh, yeah, we're, we are creatures of habit, even though we don't live a habitual life. Yeah. Like a nine to fiver, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where do you get some of the motivation for your comedy? It's super witty. You, you got some great material on stage, man. What? Um, where do you get some of that inspiration from? Or do you do a lot I, of observational? I'm totally, I'm t- I would say I'm mostly autobiographical. Like, yeah. uh, it's a lot about my family and just the way I see the world and you know, just fun stuff. Even like today, I, I mean, like just to see that there's a, a tower in Calgary that's smaller than <laughs> the <laughs> other buildings around it. I mean, like that really provides its own humor you know? <laughs> like you shouldn't pay money to see somebody make eggs in the building next to you like a view or something right that's totally true man i never thought about that yeah that, <laughs> that tower is like, really... and that's what you notice when you go to um towns yeah. is that you'll notice something that that's that sticks out to you and maybe doesn't stick out to them right and it's kind of cool like to always like have that one thing about them that you've noticed about them right which is different, like you're taking a new, you have new eyes to something that's been around. Like that tower's been there forever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it, it, that goes to, you know, it's, that speaks a lot, though, because, you know, when you're in a new town, there's a lot of people that don't stop to really observe what's going on around them. Right. In, in this town. And, and, you know, I think with that, you know, with those types of observation, I mean, it really probably resonates a lot with people when you do tell them. Yeah, stories. yeah. I mean, they don't want to hear about how they don't have jobs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like we're coming from Ontario. Go, man, in there, who's the bitch now, huh? <laughs> Remember how you gave us a hard time the last ten years? Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> about oh, your own jobs. Well, where are you now? 
Where are they now? <laughs> do, you, do you find though that that uh, that that there's some crowds that are? I mean, I know Edmonton seems to be, and I'm not picking on Edmontonians. Or... We had good shows in Edmonton. Do you? I was scared because there's it's it's a blue collar crowd. Well, you know, I'll tell you. Last time I came, uh, I went on tour. Uh, my shows in Edmonton were people were so drunk, right? Like at seven o'clock or eight o'clock, and it was just like it was just like dealing with uh, the circus, right? Like yeah. it was like I felt more like. Uh, like a like a guidance counselor, then I did a comedian, like uh, make sure everyone's in control. But this time, maybe it's because the jobs are disappearing. People were well behaved, and we everyone had, was pretty. Yeah, we had well to the most for the part. most part, yeah. And then uh, we had uh, good shows, and uh, I had nothing to complain about. Like no, uh, sure. it was it was great. And my shows in Vancouver were just amazing. Every show was sold out. It was just awesome. And uh, so far here in Calgary, I've had been having a fun and. Yeah. Open uh, continues the next uh, three shows we have. Yeah, Calgary's always been kind of a, a very interesting crowd. I've, I've, I've haven't obviously you know every town you go to you're going to get you know some you get your loud mouse and you know uh, drunk staggate parties and all that type of shit. But for the most part, I've seen Calgary be a pretty good pretty good crowd. It's a good coffee town, like yeah. everyone knows. It. And the club, I have to say, uh, all the clubs I play, I have to say probably the best ownership is the calgary club mm-hmm. they treat us really like we are something special and in the in the canadian show business we're treated like uh we're bass players right right <laughs> 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 yeah. that's such yeah, an analogy like, man that's such good analogy absolutely they and uh, it's player. nice to be treated i don't need to be i'm not a diva i don't need sure. to be treated uh fantastically but i just just be treated with a, a small amount of respect and that they're happy to see you mm-hmm. and uh, they'll go out of their way to pick you up and bring you to the club and stuff right, like that. Right, right. It's amazing. It's just what, it's the little things really that count. That make a big difference. And make it, you know, it makes me want to put on a better show. Yeah. Right? Which I've heard is, that. And, and I've obviously, I know the ownership here very well, Angie and, and, and you know, Jeff's a great GM and stuff like that. Um, I, do, I think that really does make a difference because there's, there's a real relationship there as opposed to just you're just higher talent coming into town right. and, and you're just showing up. Yeah. Uh, she likes to take her time and come out and see people and shake hands and, and make sure everything. I know. Right. I mean, I, no coincidence she's on vacation while I'm here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, We'll be sure to play this for when she gets back. <laughs> no, but uh, they really, uh, just even before she left, just yeah. making sure that everything's okay. It was just, it's just really a nice feeling. I, yeah. I really yeah. appreciate it. That's good to see, man. That's good to hear as well. What, what are some of your favorite places to, uh, to play across Canada? Because I know the good thing about with your comedy, where, where you do, you talk a lot about your personal life. You talk about, uh, you know, being a dad and being a father and doing all those types of things and, and being a husband. Uh, that comedy really resonates with people all across Canada. Yeah. It's not it's something not, that's uh, like, you know, specific, yeah. one, one trick ponies. I gotta be honest. Like I, uh, I'm constantly surprised at how it's like fun everywhere. Almost yeah. like yeah. not everywhere. Sure. I mean, sure you're gonna have bad shows, but like I mean, I, I had a great time in Vancouver. I was in Halifax recently. I had a great time there. I been in Newfoundland, and the people are awesome there. Like uh, I love uh, the crowds in Ontario too. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I just think uh, people are people when you're really. Uh, Peel uh, all the all the layers back, uh, layers back yeah. of the onion, and uh, they do laugh. I mean, politics are different in this country, but sure. when you're talking about your kids or you're talking about 
uh, the things you notice and the things that happen, it's, they're general things that happen to all people. Absolutely. And they can re it resonates with them, and it's just, I like people everywhere. I mean, yeah. I'm not a people person. Don't get me wrong. I you don't hate think so? fucking people. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not a people person, but I'm a, I find people interesting. And in my stand-up, I do uh, engage the audience a little bit. And, I, and my favorite moments are moments where it's actually them providing me with entertainment. Right than the other way around. Or I can bring that out of them. I guess it's the uh, old reporter in me sure. that I still like to ask questions Very and I still like to find yeah. out stuff about people because people are funny even if they're not outwardly funny. Right? right, right. Do you still carry some of that passion today with the reporting stuff? I mean, obviously just having an inquisitive nature, but... But are you like a news junkie? Are you a political junkie? Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a news junkie. Yeah, oh, yeah, I am a little bit of a news. I like to follow the horrible things going on in the world. <laughs> I'm the same way. I don't man. do that kind of comedy. I don't make fun of Trump, and I don't right, make right. fun of. I don't do it because I, I don't know. I I think that's a dying kind of comedy too. Unfortunately, right. people right. are not informed nowadays. They don't care. Yeah. So I don't think people follow the news as much as they used to. Right, right. But, uh, and plus, you know, if you want to hear jokes about Trump, like tune into late night TV in the United States. They'll do them every night, it's, right? Yeah, I mean, they've got so much material on them. But, but at the same time, it, I think you're right. I think that is a genre that is, that is slowly people are getting away from. You know, a little bit. Yeah. A little I mean, bit. obviously, you're going to have your daily shows and your tonight, you know, all that type of stuff where, I mean, you're going to have those. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind it's, of niche now. Yeah, very much so. And I, I, I've found that, you know, with, with stand-up comedians, like they're, really, they're really pulling uh, personal uh, connections with people as opposed to social shit that, that people aren't really... Yeah, I think... I, I don't know if it's a matter of people are just overwhelmed with the amount of shit that's going on out there that they just kind of shut down or they don't want to hear it all the time. And especially or if people are going box. out. Or, or the, the soapbox soap thing. Sure. Nobody yeah. wants to be told how they should live their lives. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that, man. I Yeah. That's, so serious, our conversation. I know. We just took a serious <laughs> turn here. This is our Emmy Award-winning moment here. <laughs> so, uh, ultimately, I mean, is, is stand-up where, where you want it? Because you opened up for some huge, huge names, man. You've, you've yeah. been on stage with some... Keyword there, opened. <laughs> You performed with some big names. <laughs> big, big names. Uh, where do you see things going for yourself, and, and what ultimately makes you happy? Is being on the road and doing the stand-up you know, making you happy, or do you want to... Well, wanna... I would love to write on a show again. I, I've done that before, and I'd like to do that again. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to make people laugh, and I want to uh, keep creating stuff. And if it's stand-up comedy or writing on a show or right. whatever, I just... It's like I, it's what I know how to do. I wish I knew how to do something else and I could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I, this is what I do and yeah. this is what I've done for over 20 years now and it's what I'm going to keep doing until I, you know, like, I'll be that guy. Remember when Sirota died on stage? That was uh, funny. <laughs> yeah. I'll look back and be like, he really fucking had it. He did die on stage. That's amazing. Uh, but I, I think for, I mean, like, you look on TV and you see, you know, people still out there doing people like Jerry Seinfeld and, and, and you know. They still have the bug, right? Yeah. You know, Steve Harvey and, and uh, George Wallace. And, I mean, people who clearly don't need to do stand-up anymore. But it feels like, like I was reading this uh, biography on, I think, I don't know, it was like Motley Crue or some shit. And these guys, you know, they'll do these, you know farewell tours two or three times and they'll say goodbye right. two or three times oh my god then, we're out of drugs <laughs> <laughs> and then like they're on the road and then they come home and they're just kind of sitting around going well shit 
I kind of need that again. I need to get back out there. There is something to, to it. There's, there's, a, a, there's a draw. You know what's weird is I've never taken a break. You never have? I've never taken a break, so I don't even know how I would feel if I stopped doing it. I've often thought, like, if, you know, God forbid I won the lottery or, sure. or came into some cash windfall, if I took a break, what would happen? Right, right. I've never, I've never done it. Uh, it would be interesting. That'd I'd be a good shtick, though. You <laughs> get up on stage and started lighting cigars with twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell them people off. what you really think about <laughs> on stage. It's not even funny. That's right. <laughs> you just yelled no. at me about money for a fucking <laughs> half an hour. No, I wouldn't because I, I, yeah, I think people are coming to shows because they want to laugh mostly. So yeah. I wouldn't lace them a new one, you know. <laughs> Take me back a little bit. Uh, who was on the landscape when you first started? Who was on the scene back then? And, and, and were there people that opened doors for you or gave, gave you a hand up in this business? Um, I'm going to answer no to the did people. I think I've worked and uh, pulled my way into every position I've ever been. And I mean, some people help me out. Like uh, some of my uh, guys that I worked with, like uh, Wade McElwain, Johnny Garthouse, guys like that, they gave me my first jobs in, the, in television. And right. But everything, like, uh, I worked on a show in Canada for five years, and I was on a one-week contract for five years. For four, of the, for four of the five years, I was always scared that my job... How was that for job security? <laughs> it was horrible. I used to stress totally about it. But uh, so I fought for everything that what little I have. <laughs> I fought for every little inch in there. Uh, but uh, when I started, I was a big fan of, like... Um, Norm MacDonald, right. uh, John Stewart, uh, Ray Romano, uh, uh, just so many. Uh, I was a big fan of uh, Chris Lyman. He's mm -hmm. a British comedian. And uh, there were just so many good... The comedy was... It had already boomed. And now, like, the next generation were coming up, and they were so good compared right. to the boom generation. Yeah. Like, so much better. And it was just so much you could learn. You could meet those people. Right. Easily, like yeah. uh, I was a big Nick DiPaolo fan. We were talking about him today, and uh, just how amazing the comedians were then. Uh, just I, I loved it. I did love comedy, and uh, as, but as far as really people, I maybe I if I could go back in time, I would have schmoozed better than yeah. I schmoozed, and I wouldn't have pissed off as many people as how I did you piss them off. I don't know. Like, I would do stupid things. Like, uh, I had a big meeting at CBC once, and I had a date, and right. I left in the middle of the meeting to go on my day. <laughs> like, Are in you serious? Yeah, in hindsight, that was a no fucking dumb fucking move. No fucking way. Yeah, it was a really fucking dumb move. So I probably pissed. And to the, and I've done that. I pissed somebody else off at CBC once, and I mm. my record with CBC is not very good right, uh, right. with doing stuff with CBC. So, uh I don't know. I just guess, uh, you know, you learn over the years. I mean, I wish it wasn't about that, to be honest with you, that it wasn't about how good you are at parting with people sure. and how good you are with schmoozing with people. That it was just about, like, oh, I think Your he'd, talent. Be, he'd be good for this or right. she'd be good for this or uh, he, she would be good for this. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. it would just would be awesome if that was the only way. But uh, I think especially in Canadian show business, there's something to be said about... Uh, it is a small community, and you have to be careful who you piss off. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true, though, man, because a lot of times people do get themselves in, in positions where, you know, and especially in... I've made a lot of good friends, too, right? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But I think it's, it's, it's funny 
you know, in a certain sense that like in Canada, uh, it's a very big country, but it's a very small net network, like you said, of, of people who... Especially in the powerful positions. Sure. It seems that uh, we're in the United States. They uh, constantly seem to be changing jobs, and it's all about results. In Canada, it seems to be the people in power have been in power for a long time mm -hmm. that make the decisions on who's going to get what. Do you ever see a changing of the guard as far as the people that you've worked with in, in the entertainment industry, as far as people that you've started with that are getting into some of those positions now or, or is it I don't see those positions those changing. Those changing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess those people are going to have to die off <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be dead at the same time. So it really won't fucking help me at all. <laughs> That's a, like, oh, uh, I don't, I don't see it changing cause it's more like uh CBC's run like a union, not like a television. Right. Corporation, and right? there's not a lot of other opportunities beyond CBC. As well, there's CTV, as... and there's Global, and there's independent right. projects, and there's a lot going on nowadays, but I'm uh, an older comedian, and there's a little bit of uh, ageism with the younger generation, so you know, I think uh, I'll have to make my own breaks, whatever sure. I do from this uh, time forth, but uh, I'm not worried. Things don't seem to work out for me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, well, you, you have a brilliant career, and you're super funny, and, and people love you all over the country, and and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. What's up next for you, man? What's uh, what's going on? I'm changing diapers. <laughs> I'm changing diapers and going home. Daddy duty for yeah, the next week or I, so? Well, my wife is going back, uh, coming off maternity leave Okay. for a year. Oh, she's been on for a year. She's going off. Uh, my son was born February 22nd. So Congratulations. So she goes back. Man. Yeah, thanks. That's amazing. And... Uh, so I will be raising my son for, I will be doing, I won't be going on tour for maybe a couple of years because, well, I mean, I'll be going small little sure. jaunts, but nothing major. Right. And uh, I'll be raising my son and that's an awesome job. And oh, uh, Best job in the world, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, um, I did the same with my daughter. Right. Uh, she's in jail now. She's six. <laughs> so uh, my track record. Things worked out. My right. track record's not very good. I really hope I don't fuck this one up. <laughs> How many kids you got, too? I have, uh, I have. I have two kids and a stepkid, which yeah. Yeah, I, I get. I don't, does that count? Or? Uh oh, you were going to refer to them as the stepkid. <laughs> no, no, I have a stepdaughter. I have three kids. I do have three children. That's awesome, man. 22, six, and a baby. I've had sex three times in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have the three children, and uh, they're amazing. Uh, I think having kids changed my perspective about everything. Yeah. Because I think uh, what we do, sorry. We, we're in the spotlight. We're very selfish, sure. egotistical kind of people. And uh, I would put myself in that same class until I had children. I didn't really realize what it's like to put someone else uh, ahead of First, me. First, yeah. Right? And uh, now I do. Yeah. And uh, my children will always come first for me. That's amazing. Over yeah. stand-up comedy or anything else. Anything and I else. recently had something like that happen, and I put my kids first. probably cost me some money, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm glad I did. Yeah, so. absolutely, man. Good, good for you. Yeah, I'm a father too. Oh yeah, it, yeah. Eighteen. She just turned eighteen. Wow, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's been an interesting ride, but uh, one I wouldn't trade for for the world for sure. So it's good to hear that. How can people find you? I tried finding you on Twitter, but yeah, you're not I have very an Twitter. account and I don't tweet. You don't ever tweet. Right? No, I don't. I'm like lame with stuff like you that. Should, you should. You cannot find me doing anything. Right? I know. Thanks. I appreciate. It. Uh, come see me live. 
like uh, my name's Ian Sirota. I'm old school. I don't have a phone. I don't have a website. I should have a website. I guess you can find some of my stuff on YouTube. Definitely. Yeah. But come see me live. That's the best way to see me. That's the way stand-up comedy should be. If you're watching us on YouTube, that means you're not putting any money in our pocket, and we don't have a lot of money in the first place. So come see us live. Don't uh, watch us on YouTube. Uh, fight against the fight and help out artists and see them live. Couldn't be, couldn't be said any better, my friend. Ian, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, folks, and there you have it. Ian Sirota. What a great guy. What did I tell you, right? Huh? Don't you trust Uncle Jake here? Hey, thanks for sticking around listening to that interview. It was a dynamite one. And uh, again, thanks to Ian Sirota for being the guest this week. Uh, great guy. And check him out. Check him out whenever you can. Hey, on behalf of uh, myself and all the crew at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer Kira Williams, and of course our webmaster Camille Sorovi, and of course my boy Lane Argue, who hooks up the all the badass acoustic intros that you hear on this show. Lane Argue, check him out. All right, folks, that's it for me. Stay tuned, and I will see you next week.